I tell you what, Pastor Terry, he seems to be always trying to set me up. He said uh, three weeks ago, um, he's going to be out of time doing some training with his job. And uh, he said, would you preach? And I'm always excited when he gives me the call. And boy, I get, as we get closer to the date, I says, I'm not so excited. And then I, I hear Sister Linda's pumping out texts this week saying we're going to have a lot of visitors here. I'm really not excited. And uh, I actually had the opportunity uh, to visit Minnesota a few years ago. My wife and I went up there uh, on some business. And uh, welcome to the summer, guys. We were up there in February a few years ago, and uh, I thought it was the strangest thing. I saw this guy in a truck. We were in Minneapolis, and uh, he hooked up to a camper and started, started out on the lake. And I said, he's crazy. <laughs> that was a fish house, not a camper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I asked, I said, why is he going camping on the lake? And it's a fish house. So they were ice fishing. So I said, uh, not my place to be. Let me get back down south. So, um, good, good. Uh, let me give uh, honor to Pastor Terry. He's not here today. Um, so as always, I just like to give him honor. It's his house. Um, if you guys can't tell, I'm a little nervous this morning for some reason. One is, uh, you know, I like Cole to sing, not just to hear her sing, but she settles me down for some reason, and she's been sick for a week. And um, so I tell you what, so I'm probably going to be nervous the first two hours, but the last two I'll be okay. So honor to Pastor Terry, uh, First Lady, Sister Linda, and everybody else that's here. I uh, got family here today, some folks from work. I'm not going to call everybody's name out, so I appreciate you guys coming too as well. Um, so we're going to dive right into it. Um, I tell you what. Pastor Terry come to me, it was probably three or four weeks ago, would I preach on this day? And I said, yeah. And um, so my oldest daughter gave me a book, you guys, back in uh, Christmas 2017. And I'd, I had several books. When, when the Lord would give me a, a message or a thought, I always write it down. Then I go and put it in, in my book. And I probably got hundreds of thoughts, you know, to preach on and stuff like that. So... Um, I went to it, like I always do when I get the opportunity to speak, I go to the book and um, slide it up just a little bit, guys. Yeah, that way. Yeah. And um, so what I like to do is uh, I go to that book and I start praying. I say, okay, Lord, you gave me a message. Now, what message do you want me to preach to this church on that day? And he gave me a message. Well, we were in Sunday school last week and I declare, that's a southern term, guys, I declare, Okay. And um, I said, Brother Anthony is going to preach my message. So I tried to slow him down a little bit. I said, hold on, Brother Anthony. I'll, I'll take care of that from here next Sunday. So he backed off a little bit, and he said, well, we'll let Brother Steve preach next Sunday, just teasing with him. Well, I looked over the lesson this week and come in here this morning, and Brother Arbus has preached the last half of my message. Brother Steve gets up in devotion this morning, and he starts talking about taking a journey. So either wise, that's confirmation of today's sermon, which that's what I'm going to take. It's confirmation for what we're supposed to be preaching today. Because I don't think that things happen by chance. I think God's a planner. 
And he's got something for us, and he particularly has something for someone here this morning. Okay? So let me, I guess, since Cole's not going to sing, let me tell you something I heard this week to ease me just a little bit. Because, you know, I used to do a lot of traveling, especially had to go to the north. And, first, and you know, we all be dressed sitting in there, and y'all look normal, right, until I open my mouth and they go, that boy's from the south. You know, so we say words a little different sometimes down here. And uh, I heard a good one this week, so I'm going to share it with you. So I hope there's nobody in here from the Prospect community. If you are, own it anyway because you talk different. So elderly guy was at the hospital this week. This is a true story. This is not a joke. This is a true story. And so he was a little nervous. He was sitting there on the end of the bed. And the doctor came back in there and he had the report. And he, you know, the, the, elderly, the elderly guy was, he was kind of dreading it a little bit. He's 70 some years old. True story. Remember this. And so he went through this whole thing and he said, your blood work's good. All the lab work's good. Your numbers on your diabetes are good. Your high blood pressure is good. He said, we have one problem. You're obese. So the guy perked his head up and he says, well, thank you. I've been doing my exercises, and my wife calls me a beast all the time. <laughs> so we have to be careful in how we talk. There's a difference between being a beast and being a beast. <laughs> so anyway, if you've got your Bibles, turn and uh, we'll get started this morning. Turning your Bibles to Mark 4 and 35. I'm a little under the weather, so if I cough and hack and blow snot, I'll try to stay away from you this morning. So if you have your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen. We'll get it there too as well. But if you have your Bibles to Mark 4 and 35, say, I'm there. Okay, we're going to read it like this. And it says, In that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, and this is a red letter edition, so this is Christ talking. He said, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Sister Mark, take us this morning. Amen. You can have your seats. So I told you, uh, my oldest daughter gave me a book, and I went to the book, and I prayed, and got a message. And at the same time, that same time of the year, and I'm going to back up a little bit, but you guys remember, in November 2017, we had a new board came in, and I was released of my duties. And those for November till uh, eight months later before we were employed again. And so that Christmas, I got a book, which was a great gift, and the younger daughter gave me a penny. I said, boy, I know times are tight, but she's giving me a penny. 
And, but the penny said 2018. And then she had stuck a card in there and says, the year of 2018 is going to be better than 17. So guess what I do now? I'll go back and I'll pull my book. I'll take out my keychain and look at that penny. Now that it's 2019, 18 was good, but 19 is going to be better. So let's get into this just a minute here. So if it's a red letter edition, this is Christ talking, right? And so the disciples, they were there, and he had just taught a message there on the banks. And they're actually at the lake of Genesaret, also called the Sea of Galilee, which actually feeds from the Jordan River eventually down to the Dead Sea. And so they were up on the lake, and so he says, we got to go to the other side. So what he says is, he says, let us go to the other side. It's red letter, so that's Christ himself speaking. So what he's saying is, he's not asking a question, right? He didn't say, do you think we can go to the other side? He didn't ask for permission and say, do you reckon we can go to the other side? In fact, what he done was he made a statement that said, let us, which included him and the disciples, go to the other side. Which means that's an order. It's a command. It's going to happen, right? Yeah. Amen? Amen? And so he says, let us go to the other side, is what he says at this point in time. So the title of the day's message is, let us go to the other side. Look at your neighbor and say, let us go to the other side. Okay? So... As we take a look in this journey that we're talking about, I want to give you a little bit of history on this since Brother Arbus, or brother Anthony taught last week and Brother Arbus this week. So I could actually just say ditto right now and sit down and you guys already got it. So we're going to go a little bit deeper though because some of you miss Sunday school. Amen. All right? So he says, let us go to the other side. Okay. So in this particular case, in this story, the other side was a physical location. It was actually the other side of the lake. So what I got simulated here this morning is a board, right? And so what I want you to take a look at this morning is, imagine that to be a 20-foot wall that's between you and I, okay? And what we're talking about this morning is the other side, now, the other side means that there's got to be two sides. Is everybody okay with that? There is this side and that side. So we're going to start over here. And he said, let us go to the other side. Look at your neighbor and say, let us go to the other side. Now, we're talking about that, and, but so they're talking about here a physical location. He said, let us go to the other side of the lake. But what I want to concentrate on this morning is the spiritual places or the mental places in our lives where God has told us to go to the other side. But you know what we'll do? The same God that created the universe, the same God that made us, he said, let us make man in our own image. The same God that flung the stars in the sky, the moon in the sky, the sun in the sky, he'll give us a command and we'll stand on one side and never move. 
So if God, who is the creator of everything, says go to the other side, why do we want to stand right here? Okay? So he says, let us go to the other side. So we'll spend our life on this side right here. And God's already given us a promise. It was a command, right? It was a promise to go to the other side. It doesn't mean you have to think about it. All you got to do is go. That's what he told Abraham, right? Go. Guess what? He don't even test us that hard. A lot of times he'll tell us where we're going. Right? Go to the hospital and visit somebody. Right? Go somewhere, pick up your telephone and call somebody and say, come to church on Sunday. But the other side requires a transition. Look at this word here, transition. Okay? The transition, watch this, is a process or a period of moving from one location to another. Right? Or from one state to another. Or from, in state I mean mental state. Okay? Or from one condition to another. It really means from moving one side to the other. It's very simple. So when we look, when we talk about our, our spiritual or our mental sides, right? We could be talking about states of life. Let's move from poverty to wealth. But what will we do, especially in our area, right? We're going to stay on this side right here because guess what? Grandma has taught us that poverty takes us closer to God. So might as well say amen because a bunch of us live it here, right? It keeps us humble. That's not teaching from heaven, right? That's not kingdom teaching. It says that we're to stay here in this state of poverty. Poverty is a mindset. It don't mean you got to have a lot of money, but if you have Jesus, you have everything. So the Bible says, go to the other side from poverty to wealth. I'm here. It's that simple. The step is that simple, right? It says, you have a disease. You have cancer or whatever it may be, right? So you go from one state to the other, right? From illness to health, right? But what will we do sometimes as Christians? Woe is me. What am I going to do? I can't go any farther. i am just got a little headache. But the Bible says in this story right here, we are to go to the other side. Right? What about this one in our life? We'll be standing on this side and the world seems to be crashing down around us. We're in a state of chaos. And the Lord said, it's going to be okay. Just trust on me. Believe in what I got to say. And he says, well, go to the other side. But what do we do? We want to stay on that side. So, if the creator of everything has given us this order to go to the other side, then why do we want to stay on this side? Faith, fear. Y'all preaching the same message too. That's good. So watch this. So why does our faith waver? He's given us a promise to go from this side to that side. I've got four things I want to share with you. Number one, here's why we fear. Doubt. In that story that we read today in Mark 4.38, look what it says. Jesus was in the stern of the boat. Now, stern means back, okay? And so we know from our history and also from studying that that boat was roughly about 27, 28 feet long, about 8 feet wide, and about 4 foot tall. So, Brother Robbie, you're a sailor. Is that a real big boat? 
Okay, and remember, it did not have a Yamaha 150 on the back. Okay, it had some oars and probably a sail. And so he's saying, let us go to the other side. That's what he just told the disciples, right? Now, the disciples up to this point had seen witness, right? Many miracles. They had seen the deaf, deaf, right, could hear. The lame could walk. Leprosy had been just wiped out, right? Jesus had cleared out hospitals. That's why everybody was following him at this point in time, right? Because he was the Messiah. And so all these folks were here, and he says to the disciples, right, we got to go to the other side. So guess what? They jump in the boat. But guess what happens? A storm comes up. And look what they say. I want you to look at life. They say, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Doubt. The first three things I'm going to talk about to you today is going to be this battlefield right here. Your mind. And all things that originate in the mind, right, are going to come from Satan. He is the author of confusion. Your God is a God of order. Not chaos, but order. And he says, don't you care that we drown? That's what the disciples say. That's what we do sometimes in our life, right? Things just don't be going our way. And you'll say, nobody loves me. My wife doesn't love me. My kids don't love me, right? The people at the church don't even love me. And then it keeps going and it going and going. And eventually you say, God, you don't even care about me. It's awful quiet this morning. I mean, some of y'all have been in this state, the state of doubt. I, for one, have been there. Doubt is real, right? What did, what did uh, Brother Arbus just teach us, right? It says, help me with my unbelief, right? So we can have belief and unbelief all at the same time. So doubt comes natural to us, right? But when those thoughts come in your mind, God, you don't care? You're going to let us die? What do you got to have to do? Satan, get thee behind me. Let me clear my mind, and I'm going to the other side. I'm going from doubt to clarity, right? I know what you have for me. I'm just going to step into my destiny. But what will we do? We will stay on this side of doubt and we'll wallow and we'll cry and we'll try to bring down the rest of the world with us at the same time. When all we got to do is step to the other side. What about number two? Here's a good one right here. Fear. Mark 4, 38. They have doubt because the storm comes up, Right? And then he says, don't you care? Why is he saying that? Because the word, what they're really saying right here, we're going to die. I'm scared. We're going to die. That's what they say. Fear. That is one of the number one tactics of Satan, right? He puts that doubt there. Doubt goes to fear. Because what does fear do? Fear will paralyze you. Fear will put you in a seat of do nothing. And guess what you'll do? Nothing. It's not rocket science, right? That's what he's trying to do is give you doubt which leads to fear so that you can't fight anything. Your battle's going to be six inches, 
95% of the time, right, in the mind. So where should we focus at? The mind. Right? Let's look at number three. Here's a good one. Or stumbled across, didn't stumble across the Holy Spirit, gave me this one this week. What about when God gives us something, he gives us a promise, right? And we live in such a microwave society that he gives us a promise today, tomorrow I want to see it, right? Ten minutes later, not even tomorrow, Kenya said. Watch this. There's some of you right here today are living this one right here. My husband's going to be saved. My wife's going to be saved. My children's going to be saved. You've been praying that prayer for 20, 25, 30, 40 years. I've heard Brother Jesse and Sister Nancy say this a hundred times in the old church and this church. My biggest prayer has been for what? All my boys to be saved. Guess what? They might not see it here, but that prayer is out. Right? It's going to cover the multitudes of sin, and eventually, hopefully, one day, at the coming of the grace of the Lord, all those boys will be saved. But what happens? Look at this. I want to show you. This is big in my eyes. Right? John 1, 29 and 31. So this is John the Baptist. It's John the Revelator recording a scene that happened with John the Baptist and God, or Christ. So number three is when time elapsed from the problem. When it gets longer and longer and longer, right, your faith starts to waver and waver and waver. Look what he says. He says, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look. Now listen to this. John hadn't met Christ. He met him in the womb, right? At six months old, what did he say? When Elizabeth and Mary got together, it says, what happened? They leaped in the womb. So here he is. And remember, John was a wild man, right? He went out, he ate locusts and wild honey, or, yeah, locusts and wild honey in the woods, right? And people came from all over to hear what John had to say. John is right now at the pinnacle of his ministry, right? Because now he's baptizing all these folks in the River Jordan, and he says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is here. That's what he says. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. So here's John in the prime of his ministry, right, on this side of the river, right, and he sees Jesus coming and he says, he is the one. Let's go two years down the road. Take me to the next verse. Look what you see here. So now we're roughly two years down the road. He's baptized Jesus, and now John is in prison. His ministry is starting to decline, and Christ's ministry is at the pinnacle. Look what he says. Because John was preaching what? Repentance and be baptized with water because the Savior of the world is coming. What was John? John was wanting the Savior to come now. Save this world now. And then he sees Christ on the river and he says, he is the one. He is the man. We're okay. Life's going to be good. Now John goes to prison and it's two years later. Look what he says. 
When John, Matthew 11, 2 and 3, when John was in prison, he heard about the deeds of the Messiah. He sent his disciples to ask, y'all ready? This is John the Baptist, the forerunner to Christ. He says, are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? It's amazing. John the Baptist, who baptized Christ, is now two years later in prison because the time has elapsed between when he saw Christ on the Jordan and he baptized him till two years later. Now he's in prison and he says what? Maybe he wasn't the one. Doubt. What else? Fear. He's in prison. Day after his head. John the Baptist preaches and baptized Christ on the Jordan. And now two years later, he says, is he the one? And he sent his disciples back to see John and ask him that. Are you the one or should we expect someone else? So what am I telling you? In your time, when Christ has told you something, right? He might have said, move. He may be told you that this promise is coming your way. He may say that you're in this state, but you're not going to stay there forever. But he's told you that in 2005. And now it is February 2019, and you're still on this side. Time has passed. You haven't seen the miracle that you were looking for. And what do you do? You continue just to stay. So even though it has not manifested itself, when we do what? Go to the... We're now in a state of expectancy, right? And we know that even though we haven't seen it, we know that it's coming. So now how many of you here, God has told you to go to the other side? I don't know what it is. I don't even know who I'm speaking to this morning. But I know for a fact there's someone here that God has said... Go to the other side. But watch. Watch this right here. So why is it so important for us to go to the other side? So the first three that I talked to you about, doubt, fear, and time, right? All mental. But now number four comes along. And guess what it is? It's physical. Four is designed to keep you on that side. Look what number four says. And number four is, was, is when we encounter a physical barrier in our lives. Okay? In the story today, the physical barrier was what? The storm. Look what it says. A furious squall, which means a big wind or storm, came up and the waves broke over the boat so that they were nearly swamped. Let me tell you what was going on. This was not a one-foot ripple in the lumber river. Okay? The Bible says that a furious squall came up. And what we know by the lake is that it was surrounded with mountains, right? And a lot of times what would happen, the winds would just gush down and gush out. Remember, I told you the boat was probably about four foot tall. The waves were crashing over the boat in the boat. Okay? 
How many life jackets do you think they had at that time? None. How many had experience walking on water at that time? None. So they were afraid. They had doubt, right? And so, but they got through all that stuff when they got in the boat originally, right? So now they press their way through, and Satan, right, who we know sent that storm, and just like he sent the storm in your life, right, now he sent that storm, and they're all afraid. And so imagine this barrier here in your life, right? It's 20 foot tall, and you've done everything that you could do. You've done this, and you've done that. You've prayed, and you've fasted, and time has gone by, and you're still on this side. Why is that? Very, very simple. Why? Satan's mission is what? To steal, kill, and destroy. So when he can't beat you with doubt, when he can't beat you with fear, when he can't beat you with time, he's sending something your way. And it's going to be ugly. It's going to be nasty. It's going to be tough. Because, and here's what I hear folks a lot of times say, right? They're praying. They're staying in the Word of God. But nothing seems to be going right. And I'm still pressing my way through. And now something just comes all over their house. Sickness. The loss of a loved one, right? Cancer will invade folks' body. And you say, Lord, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Why me? Satan's trying to kill you. And we'll say, boy, the devil's messing with me today. devil's not messing with you today. He wants you dead. He wants you to stay on this side right here. Right here. Let me show you what happened to me. You guys know I lost my job November of 17. And I've now told you this story a hundred times. I'll probably tell you 102. Right? It's my story. I can preach it. That's what Pastor Terry says. I used to say, I weren't really a bad boy, right? Went through school, done all that. Shot up a few cars. Yeah, I will tell you that. Okay? Fought a bunch of times. I'll tell you that. I won't call that bad, right? So I used to tell, you know, well, I just don't have a big testimony. Don't never ask for one of those, y'all. So lost this job in November of 17. So now it's July the 18th, 2018. Eight months later. This was July the 18th. This is what I'm fixing to tell you. I went to work August 1. I was close. I was probably right here, right? I was crossing over. I'm in my transition. I hadn't quite made it, but I was here. He tried to get me right here with doubt. Tried to get me here with fear. He tried to get me right here with eight months. Right? I'm still saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I know there's something you got for me. Lord, I know there's a job. I'm not worried about it. Because the Bible says that he never seen his children begging bread. I know it's going to be all right in my house. Because I'm going to trust in you just a little bit longer. All right, all right. So, I'm, so I'm picking up some little part-time stuff. And y'all know I like to farm and heavy equipment. So a buddy of mine called me two weeks before. He said, you want to come drive some stuff? I said, yes, sir. Let me come tear your stuff up. <laughs> so it's July the 18th. I'd been working with him, I guess, on and off, what, about three or four weeks. Hey, they starting to trust me with stuff. First day there, they put me on a $70,000 Traco. 
I had a little backhoe at home and stuff like that, you know, my tractors and me. And he puts me digging, stockpiling dirt. I said, oh, yeah, this is going to be good. He leaves me at about 20 minutes. I said, oh, boy. So get through all that. But anyway, so I'm with him about three weeks. So now guess what? Now they're going to start turning me loose by myself with a loader and a dump truck. So I've been loading and dumping all day long. I'd probably carry about 12, 13 loads to the college. Okay? Last load of the day. I'm standing here. My job is August 1st. I didn't know it was coming, but I knew it was sometime down the road. I physically went to work with the hospital August 1st. Then two minutes later, went to my slot now, which is the VP of Continuing Ed at Robson County, just two months after that. So I'm standing here, right? Go back to that first one, Mike. And so I had been on this loader all day long. Now, this loader here, it's an old loader. It's called a Widowmaker, if anybody remembers. It breaks in the middle. Widowmaker. Okay? It might lived up to its name that day. So all day long, on and off, hauling these loads. So I'm up here. Now, remember, these tires are roughly about five to six feet tall. So then the top of where you see that dirt at is probably about eight foot tall. And then the hill behind it is about 25 foot tall. So all day long, I'm loading in this hill. I'd watch the hill give way, right, while I'm on the loader, scoop the dirt, going about my business. Okay? Last load. I step off the loader, got my back to the loader like I took about three steps. Boom. Okay? Look at the next slide. So if you see that big boulder there, there was a big boulder that hit me, come off the top as I'm walking away, hits me in the back, throws me down face forward, and now the dirt comes over me. So I'm buried from here down, right? And here down was about three foot on me. Here was only about that much. So I was able to wiggle from here down off. So see that hole right there? That's what a grave looks like. Not a professionally dug one. One that Satan to dig for you. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not trying to make light of this. Okay? He weren't playing this day. He came to get me. Right? I was here. I was right before crossing over. Okay? So, in my own strength, you know, I'm 280 pounds. I'm wiggling. And I'm doing all this good stuff. I get the dirt off from here to there. Now, remember, I'm on my belly. If I'd have been on my back, I might could have just done like this, you know, and been okay, dug myself out. But I'm like this, and I'm digging like this. So Brother Anthony's in DOT, so I talked to him after. Brother Anthony says, you should have died. Okay? Here's the good part about it. So I'm bared. I get this much off of me. I'm able now to get my hand in my back pocket. Get my phone. I'm calling some help. Uh-uh. No phone. Why? I had just talked to someone right before I got there, and I said, this is my last load. I'm just going to leave my phone laying on the truck seat. Doubt was there. Fear was there. 
only been about 10 minutes now. I'm still good, right? I'm still good. So I'm there. It's hot. It's July the 18th, y'all. It's not Minnesota. The humidity is probably 105%. It's hot. So five minutes pass. And here's what I said. I said, Lord, I need for you to send me an angel. I said, you can make me just like Samson, and I can step out of this pile of dirt and just walk to the truck like nothing have. But you're probably not going to do that because I know you're teaching me something. So 10 minutes pass. It's hot. My mouth's getting dry. Got no water. Got no cell phone. So I told him, I said, Lord, here's what I need for you to do. So here's how I started talking to him like he talks to us. I said, Lord, hold, take your hand and hold that pile because I know somebody's coming to get me. So hold that pile. Because now if this pile, what had happened was when the middle had let go, it created now another uh, ledge on this side. If this side let goes, and now it comes across my head. I die. So I said, Lord, hold that pile. Y'all, I don't know if a pebble of sand fell for the next hour. Never seen a little piece roll down or anything. And here's how I prayed. I didn't pray some elaborate prayer. I was sitting here on my breakthrough. And I said, Lord, help me. Boy, at the, at the first, I was singing the song, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Right? Then time started passing. I started getting hot. I started getting tired. And then I'd say, Lord, help me. He can still hear me. Y'all know he hears you whispering too now. Hour, no, I'm sorry, 30 minutes later, guess what? My help shows up. And now I'm about 300 yards off the main road. Ted and those guys know where I'm at, but they're working. They're looking at me for 530. That's another two hours away. So it's 30 minutes passes. I'm praying. Car turns in. I say, oh, yes, my help is here. He drives all the way down the road to the back of the dump truck. And I'm saying, help! 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 He backs out. He never came around the dump truck to see me. Let me tell y'all something. When you're under roughly about 25 to 3,000 pounds of dirt and you see your help roll away, Brother Jesse, for a quick minute, I said, he's got me. And then the Holy Spirit come with me. He said, son, I'm not going to let you die. You're going to be all right. So guess what I started doing again? Now I just laid down like this. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Boy, son's beating down pretty good by now. Now we're at time about an hour. Hour. I can't feel anything now from here down. So now guess what? Now my mind's racing. I'm paralyzed. I said, boy, this ain't going to be good. For some reason, I knew I weren't going to die. But I didn't know what the outcome was. 30 minutes later, roughly, I'm assuming. So now it's about an hour and some change time. 
the same car pulls in again. This time he pulls in to the dump truck and decides to drive around the dump truck, and there I am. Young kid, 19 years old, he jumps out of his car. He says, are you alive? And I said, yes, I am. <laughs> That's what he asked me, are you alive? I said, listen, I said, there's a shovel on the side of the truck, okay? Dig me out. He had on a pair of flip-flops. Y'all ever tried to dig in a pair of flip-flops? Man, he got on there, and he's a-sweating. I said, listen, if that side breaks away, you run, but then run back to me quick and get my head out. <laughs> Not a pebble come off this thing. Not a pebble. Hey, he was digging. He was digging. He said, I can't dig. I said, keep, just keep digging. Man, he got me out. It took him about 15, 20 minutes to dig me out because we had one of these little shovels stuck on the side of the truck. Hey, he digs me out. Remember now, I'm going to the other side. I already know that. Hey, he digs me out. I'm thinking I'm at the other side. Hey, I get ready to step out, crash. <laughs> can't feel my legs, can't do anything. Right? Just pure numb. Hey, I grab him. He said, I got you. I said, yes, sir, you do. <laughs> Young kid now, 19 years old. And I said, son, what's your name? He said, Joel. Joel. J-O-E-L. You know what that means? God is Yahweh, which really means God is God. So when we started talking there, my feelings start coming back, and I start moving. Now, I'm hurting like crazy on the inside, right? Got a little scar, busted up a little bit. Hey, and we, I said, can I pray for you? And he said, for me? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> Son, I started praying, and the Holy Spirit came on both of us right there. Hey, and I was good because now I knew that something was going on in my life. I was in a transition, right, from the state of here now I'm here, and now I know I'm going across to the other side. So I got out of this thing through the help of the Holy Spirit. Look, with this right here. I just want to show you some photos. Okay? You really can't see the dirt up close, but my head's a little swollen. Yeah, my hair's blonde right here. Face is swollen. Remember, I'm an hour in there, and I got busted up here and right across there. So the blood, I've been there long enough for everything to dry. And that was up close, so you can see how swollen I was in my face. So why did I tell you all that? I saw all those things. I felt all those things that you were feeling. Doubt, fear. An hour is a long time buried. An hour is a long time buried. And you know what? Well, here's what I'm here to tell you this morning. I never doubted on God. I never feared death. You know what I feared? I feared not seeing Cole. She's the first one I thought about. I said, boy, whew, this ain't going to be good. Then guess what I thought about? Children. We got four of those. They're all big, but I thought of all four of them. Even them raggedy boys of ours. <laughs> then guess what I thought about? Grandkids. I said, I ain't going to never get to see them again. Jump boy, if y'all come on. Ain't going to never get to see them again. So I was not afraid of death. But I was afraid of the things that I would not get to experience. So why is it important that we go to the other side? 
And that, that chain right there, I want to show you. I never have it out, but when I climbed out of that, or when I got out of that hole, I want to show you this chain. It's the same chain. You guys see what that is right there? It's never out of my shirt. I'm always has it tucked in. I got out of that hole and took that first photo. Guess what I saw? Not my face. I saw the cross. My protector. So why? Watch this. So why is it important, y'all, for us to go to the other side? One, it keeps us in his will. Look what Jeremiah 29 and 11 says. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. So let me tell you something, y'all. Y'all can stay on this side of the transition as, as long as you want to. Just stay right there. But let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be out of the center of God's will. You're going to be out of his road of safety. You're going to be away from the hedge. Because he's got a plan for your life. But when he says go to the other side, guess what? you got to go. You cannot. Listen to what I'm telling you. You cannot stand right here or you will die out of the wheel. When he says go, you got to go. What's this one right here? Number two. Why we got to get to the other side? Brother Arbus just talked about it. There's work to do, y'all. He's telling us to go to the other side. When you read that, they're on the boat. He says, go to the other side. They get in a storm. He's asleep. They wake him up. He calms it. As soon as they get to the other side, guess what? He meets a demon called Legion. The very next chapter, from Mark 4 to Mark 5, he meets a demon. So what? Let me tell you something. When he says go to the other side, there's a reason for you. One, that's where you're safe at in the wheel. Two is there's work for us to do. And the Bible says that as soon as he crossed over, he met this man that was possessed. There's work for us to do. I'm so glad God told you guys to go. I'm so glad that y'all said send us. Because guess what? You started the journey. You were on this side in Minnesota. Now you've crossed over to North Carolina to help somebody out. Thank you for being obedient. You could have said, no, I'm going to stay here in Minnesota and I'm going to send truck after truck after truck. I'm going to sacrifice some money. I'm going to sacrifice a little bit of time. But no, you said, I'm going to the other side to be obedient. And that's what he's calling some of us to do, right? Is to go, to go to the other side. It's important, y'all, that we go to the other side. We're going to be safe here. We're going to stay in his will. There's work for us to do. I still got family that's lost. I'm not going to stay on this side and watch them die and go to hell. Woo! I'm not going to do it, y'all. I'm going to preach. I'm going to teach. I'm going to witness that they come on with me to the other side. My mom and daddy lived their whole life going to the other side. They made it, y'all. 
I'm going too. But I want to bring a whole parcel of folks with me. Don't you want to come? Don't you want to come? Why is it important for us to come to the other side? I'm going to let you go. Look at this. Here's why it's important. On the other side, there is eternal life. Hey, y'all. It's not a fairy fairy book tale. It's real. If you're lost this morning, under the sound of my voice, you're on this side. This side. This side this morning is darkness. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to sugarcoat it this morning. If you're on this side of salvation this morning, you're lost. And if you don't cross over, you're going to die and go to hell. I don't want to scare you. I'm just telling you the real deal. It's real, y'all. So here's the thing. This is what it says. Then he will say to those left on this side. Here's what he's going to say. Depart from me, you who are cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. All eyes closed, head, heads bowed. If you're lost this morning, Lindsay, Leanne, y'all, come on, Cole. Listen now, listen. This is not a time of games. If you're lost this morning, if you're on this side, if the Holy Spirit is ministering to you right now and He said, let us go to the other side, it's your invitation. If there's just one, come. I read something just a couple of, two or three months ago. And this is why I brought this barrier in here this morning. And he says, when we do things in the natural, right, it affects our mental state. So if you're lost this morning, I'm going even a step farther. If you're struggling this morning in your relationship with Christ, I'm going to ask you to step across this barrier. Okay? If you're lost, I want you to step across this barrier. If you're just dealing with something that seems to be weighting you down this morning, while these girls get ready to sing us something is inviting, I want you to think about it. Am I going to stay on this side out of the will? And am I going to stay on this side and miss heaven? Or am I going to cross over to the other side? Think about that. It's your time this morning to let us go over to the other side.